You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. The world is filled with many questions, such as, did giants exist? What is junk DNA? Does it mean that you're trash? Do you ever wonder if aliens have underwater bases in our oceans, and that's why there are so many UFO sightings off the coasts of islands all over the world? How serious even is climate change, and when should we start building our rafts? Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore the answers to these questions and many, many more in our new podcast, Mystery Mystery of Everything, Everything, available everywhere you get your podcasts. Hi, Queens. Katie here. I wanted to give our usual disclaimer that if you are uncomfortable with strong language, this might not be the show for you. And also, I wanted to give a different disclaimer this week. I'm basically recording this from the brink of death. Not quite. I am fighting a really nasty head cold, and it already made us push back recording this Agrippina the Younger Part 2 episode by a week or so. I really didn't want to postpone her story any longer, so if you hear some coughing and some sniffling, please excuse us. Hopefully, by part three, we'll be back up to full health. Thanks, bitches. Cheers. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Nathan. Katie. Oh, I liked that. That was, some, <laughs> that was some good baritone that was there. Some operatic voices. Yes. There. Hello, 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 <laughs> listeners. We're back to talk about Agrippina the Younger some more. Yeah, and she's going to get a whole nother episode after this, too, because there's so much. Anne Boleyn is our only other queen that has three episodes. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, an SNL when they have like the five time hosting club. <laughs> We're going to have the three episode club. <laughs> yeah. Right now it's only going to be Anne and Agrippina. Because there's just so There's much just so much info. to discuss. Yes. So, um, let's get our shout-outs. So, first we're going to shout out our Empress Patreon supporters. We got Angelica, Brianna, Anastasia, Brendan, Brittany, Charity, Cadence, Courtney, Delania, um, Aaron, Eleanor, Grace, Genevieve, Hannah, Heather, Her Royal Highness, Isabel, Jackie, Jamie, Jessica, Joshua, Jared, Kelly, Kaylee, Catherine, Kristen, Lizzie, Lucy, Maureen, Megan, Sarah, Kate, Stephanie, Taylor, Terry, Tiffany, and Yen. And then a shout out to our Queen Consort supporters. <laughs> we'll start. And shout out to our Queen Consort supporters Adelaide, Alexis, Amanda, Ashley, Alyssa, Beck, and Chris, mm-hmm. Chelsea, Carrie Ann, Rita, Claire, Danny. Emily, Haley, Helene, Nicolette, Jamie, Jara, Jessica S., and Jessica M. Queen Consort of the Deep South. Yes. Jose, Kat, Kiana, Kristen, Carrie, Kylie, La Michelle, Lindsay, Megan, Melissa, Rita, Shannon, Sarah, Cheryl Lee, 
Taylor, Toby, and Valerie. And also, uh, shout out to our listener, Janae. Um, She was peeping around, doing some touring around D.C. I love it, peeping. Yeah. And she (laughs) found an Isabel Castile statue in D.C. Yeah. And sent it to us and was just like, made me think of you. And I was like... Cool, thanks for sharing. And she was like, can I get a shout out? Uh, and we're like, and I was like, fucking loot. I was like, I like your style. <laughs> Be direct and you get what you want. So <laughs> shout out to listener to Janae. We love ya. Thanks. And we love all of our supporters and all of our listeners. What are we drinking, Nathan? <laughs> so today I decided to make a berry mimosa, which I took. Ooh. Half- These are two of my favorite things. <laughs> Berries and mimosas. So I took um, half a cup of strawberries, half a cup of raspberries, half a cup of blueberries, blended that all with a cup of water, and then I put about a half a tablespoon of stevia in there just Mm -hmm. to kind of lighten it up a little bit because the berries weren't as sweet as I'd like them to be. Yeah. And then you just take that, blend it up real well, and then you add some champagne, which speaking of, we need to add some champagne. Pop it, Nathan. Oh! That was a good one. All right. Oh my here gosh, we... these look oh. so good. <laughs> I don't know. We're going to oh. have to mix it. All right, we might have to take a break to mix these because um, we did not think this through. <laughs> the champagne does not like blend right into the berry no, juice. It, it just kind of sits like... on top of it. <laughs> yes. Well, this is tasty. Yeah, delicious. Delicious. Okay, let's just do like a recap of where we left off. Obviously, don't listen to this one without listening to our first Agrippina the Younger episode. Yeah, because it'll And probably don't listen to that episode without listening to the Agrippina the Elder episodes. Yeah, so where we left off was Agrippina the Younger is the sister of the Roman Emperor Caligula. Mm-hmm. She, her brother-in-law Lepidus, and her sister Lavilla were caught in this big conspiracy to actually try to plot to kill Caligula and put Lepidus on the throne. Lepidus was... Super duper executed because, of course, he was. But Caligula had his sisters exiled to sad little death islands where they would presumably starve to death or something because ancient Rome. So, yeah, that's where we are. And Aggie was on this little death island for about three years while her son Nero was being cared for by her sister in law, who she fucking hated. So, in short, Things are bad. Yeah, that's a, that's that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> so for the three years or so that Agrippina was in exile, there's just not a lot to say about that because they really didn't keep record of that. Yeah. So let's talk about everything else that's going on in Rome right now. So Agrippina's husband dies, um, hopefully run over by a chariot. Womp womp. No, it wasn't. It was dropsy. But hey, hey. It could have been Whatever. worse. It could have fuck- been worse. He fucking died. I didn't like that guy. Yeah. As you can tell. <laughs> um, so Aggie is single and ready to mingle. Except not really, because she's on this fucking island, exiled all alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't forget oh, yeah. about that. <laughs> so what was Brother Caligula <laughs> up to? What was he not up to? <laughs> oh, boy. Caligula has done some crazy shit. Yeah. We really... We're going to give you a list of just, like, a short list of some of the things that it said that he did during his time as ruler. like, factual. Some of it's not. We talked about how, like, Rome is, like, a tabloid. Yeah. You know, the historians kind of, like, writing tabloids. It was all written well after his death, so... But even if, like, 10% of it's true... It's still bad. Yeah. (laughs) So, his second wife, he definitely ended up kidnapping a woman on her wedding night... Made her marry him, and then divorced her a couple weeks later and said, Bitch, you can't get married ever again. Or I'll execute your ass. How sweet. Fun. <laughs> he was, like, 
really into his horse. I know. Like, I read this too and I was like, oh my gosh, this has to be made up. Like, so the story is, is that he made his horse a senator. I don't think so it's true. That, that part probably isn't true, though it seems on brand for Caligula. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he did definitely build his horse a mansion. You know, because horses can definitely tell that they have a marble stable. <laughs> You're right. Like, what he the did, fuck? He did actually let his horse eat with him at the dinner he table. He gave his too. horse, like, the best wine. Like, he was like, you peasants can drink the shitty wine. My horse only gets the best. Oh, my God. And speaking of animals, goats. Some Someone <laughs> one time said that he looked like a goat. And he got butthurt yeah. real, real fucking bad. And made it illegal <laughs> to mention a goat. Anywhere in his presence. Like, I wonder if he was such a dickhead that he would, like, just start a conversation with a goat farmer, knowing <laughs> that, of course, goats would come up. And, and then, then, and then, like... Off with his head. Kill that guy. Yeah. Um, he had sex boats. Like, he had these two giant, like, pleasure yachts, basically, built. And they ended up being known for, like, these crazy orgies that would go down on them, which would be fun, except the sex wasn't always consensual. Oh, so it was a little rapey. He would, like, invite noblemen on and be like, oh, bring your wives, bring your daughters, or whatever. And then, like, just be like, oh, by the way, I'm sleeping with your wives and daughter tonight. And then, like, make the noblemen, like, sit there, like, afterwards, and Caligula would be like, you know, she could have been better at this, but she was really good at this. Oh, my God. Ouch. What a dick. I'm beginning to think he's not a super nice guy. No, I think I think you're right on the nose there. He also tried to declare himself as a god and started dressing like a god in public and made the senators and all the nobility call him Jupiter, because that's uh-huh. not arrogant at all. Um, This one time at the gladiator games, you know, where, like, the gladiators would fight, like, lions and shit. Mm-hmm. He decided things were going too slow for him, so he just had his gu- his guards start throwing, like, other, like, bystanders at the game. Like, oh, people just watching? Throwing them into the pit. Oh, your turn to fight, Bob. Yeah, yeah and when somebody, like, complained too loudly, they had his tongue thrown at, cut out and thrown into the pit. Oh, how? So he couldn't protest, I guess. I don't <laughs> fucking know. God. And he also had a war with Neptune? Neptune like- is the god of water yeah the god of the sea so he thought that he that neptune i guess was in starting some shit yeah and he was just pissed off at neptune and decided hey let's get some ships and let's sail west to the coast and let's get some seashells those were the spoils of war (laughs) yeah fuck the man like they're just like haha look at this neptune we got your shells Like, do, do they think it's, like, money or something? Like, no, I, nobody, it made no sense to anybody except for Caligula. Okay, okay. Which even Caligula, I think, was just, like, they get there and he's like, fuck, I didn't really have a game plan for this. <laughs> Grab the shells! <laughs> Grab all the shells you can see. The senators and, like, the nobility of Rome hated Caligula. The, like, common people of Rome liked Caligula. Yeah. Because, again, he was lowering taxes. He was throwing all these big games and stuff like that. And it was, like, the nobility that had to, like, pick up the slack of, like, we don't have any money to yeah, be doing so all of this. He was a fi- the people were a fan of him, but the senators, not so much. And you really, I mean, you should learn from all the other Roman emperors and people that the Senate didn't like, things don't go great for you. Yeah, like Tiberius, how we talked about, you know. Well, Tiberius got out easy, but... So the Senate, under Tiberius, they had had um, a certain level of autonomy. Like, mm-hmm. 
you know, because Tiberius had fucked off to his sex island. And so they were able to kind of control themselves, but still needed, like, Tiberius's stamp on everything. In the first episode, we mentioned Caligula had destroyed Tiberius's um, treason trial notes. Surprise, surprise. He really didn't. Yeah. And so he came back and was like, like, he would tell people, like, I can do whatever I want. Like, he would literally say that. And so now he's all like, I can do whatever I want. And I, um, you know, I'm... You had been forgiven for treason under Tiberius when I first rocked up, but now I've decided that I'm going to bring that that charge back up and, like, have people killed. Yeah, he was not a nice guy. And so everyone in Rome was basically like, you know what, this guy has to go. Yeah, and they started, like, getting pissed off that they had to keep referring to him as, like, a living god. Yeah. That wasn't really a Roman thing no. to do. Uh-uh. So he was like, hey, bitch, I'm gonna hightail it out to Egypt because bitches in Eva- Egypt love living gods. Yeah, they didn't really have the scruples of that in Egypt. But this was a bit of the last straw. And, like, the Senate and other nobility were like, this guy has to go. Mm-hmm. And, like, side note, like... I got curious, like, I wondered why they were fine for Tiberius to fuck off to his sex island, but the moment Caligula said he was going to Egypt, it was, like, so, such an... The island of Capri, where Tiberius went, wasn't politically powerful. It was a, it was a fucking sex island. Like, people went there for parties, and, like, it was a resort, basically. Whereas Egypt was still... I mean, it was brand new under Roman law, and it was still a bit of a political powerhouse. Like, they Mm. were a very rich country. So if he went off to Egypt, Egypt could become the new seat of Rome, Rome, and he could easily just decide, oh, I like the senators and shit here better, and start making Egypt more powerful than Rome. So maybe they were scared, and that's why they were like, okay, this guy's got to go. They were like, okay, we've put up with enough of this shit, but no, you're not going to Egypt. Egypt's a little too much. I guess they were were like, don't you want to go to Capri? Yeah, don't you want to go have (laughs) sex and rape people in Capri? He probably had, like... PTSD about Capri. Oh, yeah. Actually, he, he had... was there for like six years. Yeah, and Tiberius <laughs> was a bit of a weirdo. Yes. Anyway, back to Caligula. We're going to abridge the next bit of story, because yeah. it really doesn't play any part in Agrippina's storyline, no. but it's important to f- to know how we got from A to B. So one day Caligula was coming home from either like a play or like a sporting event, and he was doing like sports, yay. Yeah. Woo. yeah. Woo. And Throwing some... people to lions, woohoo! Ooh, yeah! And then he was fucking attacked by the Praetorian Guard and was stabbed 30 fucking times. He did not sur- survive. Uh, surprise. Ooh! What? He, he didn't, he didn't right. just you... bounce back from that? Are you sure? I thought he was a god. Oh! Uh. <laughs> So they didn't stop there. By this time, Caligula had a crazy-ass fucking wife, and... She was just as brutal as oh, him, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a little crazy daughter mm-hmm. named Drusilla. Because he was obsessed with his sister. And the guard went out and found both of those bitches and killed them. Supposedly, fun side note, I don't know who it's fun for, um, <laughs> the wife, whenever she realized they were coming for her, like, instead of, like, cowering with her daughter, she was like, coming fucking get me. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, I mean, she, they got her. She, yeah, she, she was did. Super dead. <laughs> but still, I mean, good, good for her going out with dignity. I guess. Yes. So, what does this mean for Agrippina? <laughs> it means that her fate would have been up to whoever came up next in line. Because keep in mind, like, not every emperor is going to like 
forgive the enemies of the previous guy. They might want to be like, clean slate, let's kill all of Anybody that caused problems in the past, we're going to get rid of him. So Caligula's death isn't like a get-out-of-jail-free card for Agrippina at all. So this is the time, obviously, the emperor's dead. They've got to find another heir. Yeah, and there's there's no no obvious heir. No. Because Caligula's only... His only child was killed by the Praetorian Guards. And so, like, they're looking around, and it's just like, okay, the only other direct descendant of Augustus who's male... Is Agrippina's son Nero, but he's like he's two. baby. He's baby. We're not gonna we're not gonna crown a two year old. What no. is this? The Renaissance? No. <laughs> I'm sure they said that in ancient Rome. <laughs> what is this? What the is this? Renaissance? <laughs> what is this? France in the 1500s? Absolutely not. <laughs> so this guy named Claudius is brought forward forcibly. Yeah, he Claudius was, was like because really there was no clear sign of how this was gonna go. Because a lot of the Senate actually wanted to go back to a democracy or a republic. Mm-hmm. But the Praetorian Guard was like, well, no, if we don't have an emperor, we have nobody to... Be an emperor. Like, to protect. Yeah. So, no, we want emperors. And they were like, and we're the ones with the whips and swords. <laughs> so the senators were like, touche. Touche. Um, so whenever they go and find... This guy, Claudius, who is the brother of Germanicus, and bring him out to be the next emperor, they literally find him hiding behind a curtain. Like, yeah. I just imagine him, like, shivering in his sandals. Well, I thought he was, uh, he thought he was going to get killed. <clears throat> yeah, he was like, oh, they're out here he's killing like a, nobility. He's, he's, yeah, he's in the line <clears throat> for the throne, so he's thinking, oh, shit, I'm going to get They're coming stabbed. to kill me. So I don't blame him for being a little shell-shooked. Yeah. So, <laughs> new character alert. Yeah, let's talk about uh, Claudius now. So yes. Claudius is Aggie's uncle and not like all the other uncles we've talked about. Not like episode. adopted <laughs> uncle or step uncle. No, or... like 100% Germanicus's brother. Not his half brother no, or step brother or adopted this brother. This is her uncle, yeah. period. Yeah. So This will be important later. Yes. Claudius up until this point in his life had been somewhat considered a joke by a lot of people. Um, he had some disorders or disabilities and modern modern day historians think he might have had um, cerebral palsy. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. So he would just like randomly foam at the mouth and laugh at stuff that wasn't really funny. He had like a limp and a speech impediment. And his mom actually called him a monster. Yeah, yeah. Germanicus's mom like had four children and like three she was so fucking proud of. And then Claudius, she, like, hid from the world. It's so fucking mean. It's so mean. So, by this time, he had actually worked in politics for a pretty long time. And he had gotten some respect for being a very pragmatic ruler or person that you like could talk the, to. Um, so, he was made counsel by Caligula. And the sources are mixed on if he was doing it as a joke or if he really... Because, like, Caligula was fucked up like that. So, you know, I'll, yeah. make, I'll make my horse a senator. Huh? I'll make my stupid uncle a senator, too. Mm-hmm. Or did he really value Claudius's opinion? I so, think he did. I think he did. I think but, Claudius wasn't... I think Claudius was smarter than he let on. Actually, I think he played dumber than he was because he didn't want to... 
you know, get poisoned like his brother yeah. or stabbed like his nephew <laughs> or sent to like a... like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so in 41 AD, he was named emperor, which was a much, thing. Much to his own surprise. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? And everybody's, everybody was like, him? <laughs> really? Really? This guy? This guy? So what does okay. this mean for Aggie? She gets the fucking hell out of this little island. Oh my god, we can finally get back to Agrippina's story. Yeah, so she's released and she comes back to Rome and has Nero's lands restored to her and regains custody of her own son Nero. Nero would have been about like four. And she could have easily just slipped into obscurity at this point, never to be heard of again. But alas... Obscurity really wasn't Agrippina's thing. Negative. <laughs> Side note, I want to note that from here on, if if you just like do a very superficial search for Agrippina, like all the sources, all the contemporary sources and a lot of the modern day sources just from here on in her life paint her as like this conniving bitch, she devil, femme fatale. Yeah. But mind you, Suetonius, Tacitus, and Cassius Dio, the three historians, yeah. they hated women that were strong. And, so she's going to get a bad rep. And, and she acted no worse than... No, she, was she an angel and a beautiful... Fuck no. Saint? No. But was any man in ancient Rome that has gone down like as powerful either? No. No. So she, she's not, you know, I wouldn't trust my life to her no um but also she's the the sources are way harsher on her than they need to be yeah because history's a bag of dicks a bag, a bag of, of dicks. dicks history is a bag, bag of dicks, dicks. anyway <laughs> um okay. okay so marriage number two agrippina knew that if she didn't get a good advantageous marriage right now her life would suck balls so she's the niece of the emperor so she had the pick of the men that she wanted. So, unfortunately, her for- first choice um, was just—he's not that into you, Aggie. No, no. She had her sights on this guy named Galba, and um, Galba was on paper very good choice. Yeah, he was like rich and powerful. He had a really good reputation. That is so important because I mean, she—I think most people in Rome looked at her sympathetically now because it was like oh your brother was a tyrant and he sent you off but her reputation still wasn't great because a lot of people still assumed that she slept with her brother Mm -hmm. and um yeah so she was looking for somebody with a stellar reputation and And this galba guy and he had it but the one problem with Galba was is uh, he was married. <laughs> Which, back in ancient Rome, usually wasn't actually an obstacle because people were getting divorced left, right, and center. Yeah, like, so it, if, if there was somebody in the relationship that was, like, willing to have a divorce, they'd be like, all right, It was right, very cool. easy to get. But yeah. Galba um, really loved his wife. And he was like, thanks, but no thanks. Gonna stay with my boo. Now, it really could have ended there, but the story goes that Agrippina decided, <laughs> no, 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 that's not an option. And she just, like, chases him around, begs him to Shamelessly. be his wife. Just out and about, just like, hey, hey, you want to be my wife? Hey, hey, love you. Want to be my wife? Okay. Husband? Husband. <laughs> you know what? Maybe they were just very open-minded. <laughs> 
progressive. Yeah. I call bullshit on this story because yeah. there are dozens of other suitable options, and she is the daughter of Germanicus and a direct descendant of Augustus, and she could have very easily been like, cool. Yeah. I'm just going to go find somebody. There's a billion other just dudes. Just as good. Yeah. Like, there's a billion other guys. But, so why? Yeah. But that's the story that goes down. And supposedly, uh, Galba's mother-in-law one day accosts Aggie, like, out in the marketplace. Like, I know. I read this story and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Some like Jerry Springer shit. And, like, comes up to her in front of, like, all these other Roman noble women and is like, you leave my son-in-law alone. He's with my daughter. And Aggie, like, pops off on him and is like, mind your own business, bitch. And the mother-in-law slaps Aggie in the face. Jerry, 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 Jerry. I don't think this happened. <laughs> no. I think it's just a fun story. I mean, it is a fun story. Yeah. It would make for great drama whenever they do the Agrippina the Younger, uh, you know, Lifetime series or whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I, re- I really don't think the mom would have slapped Germanicus's daughter in the face. In front of all these people. Yeah, because everybody... There's a lot of people that love Aggie, so... Whatever. Probably not a good idea. Fun side note, uh, Galba goes on to be emperor after Nero. Oh. For like two days. A hot second. Yeah, yeah. for like... Yeah. Yeah. For like a minute and a half. So needless to say, her little relationship with Galba didn't uh, work out so much. Nope. Time to keep looking. Yeah, so remember Move that... What was that, Katie? Moving on. Hold your head up. Moving on. <laughs> so remember that sister-in-law that she really didn't like all that much? Mm-hmm. So she decides that, hmm, her husband be looking fine in that toga. Oh, some brutal shit. Yeah. Brutal, honey. Oh, my gosh. So she convinces her dead husband's brother-in-law to leave his wife and marry her instead. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of hard to defend, Aggie. On. Yeah, all right. Stealing some man's. I mean, he um, was, he was a good choice. Um, but yeah, the optics aren't great. Yeah. So Passianus was a strategic choice choice for a bunch of reasons. He was in the Senate. He was a powerful dude, but he wasn't somebody that was super ambitious and wanted to go out and you know get more power. He was kind of behind the scenes. He would always a lot of act trouble. like. And I think it was an act. I don't think he was the most humble person in the world. But in front of the emperor, or like at Senate, or like just, he always acted very humble and very like, oh, maybe we should do this, but I don't know. Who am I to say? I, I'm, not, I'm I, not the emperor. Yeah, You're I the would, emperor. Yeah, and so, which is fucking smart. Yeah, and plus, I mean, if you're going to, Aggie, I'm sure, looks at that and is like, okay, he's going to respect me. Yeah. Um, there's one story about uh, Passianus where... He's, like, on a trip with Caligula, and supposedly Caligula's like, hey, have you ever had sex with your own sister like I do with my sisters? And Passianus was like, I do not know which way answering this is going to make him not want to kill me. (laughs) So what he said was, not yet. (laughs) And Caligula was like, good answer. And, like, just (laughs) went about his business. Because Caligula is creepy. Yeah. (laughs) So, not only does he have all this, he's also rich, honey. Rich. Got that money. So, when Agrippina went to Claudius and was like, hey, Uncle C, I need a good husband. Claudius was like, hey, Pessianus, you should divorce your wife, and you should marry Agrippina. And Pessianus is like, what the emperor wants, the emperor gets. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So that happened. Yes. <laughs> it said that he felt, Aggie, like, she had had such, 
when she was 13, she was married off to a dude that, like, killed people for fun. So he was like, oh, let's give her a nice husband this time. <laughs> let's not have her in a bad relationship. Yes. So they were together, what, seven or so years? The, you know, they didn't, take, they didn't take, like, the best records back then. But the guess is somewhere between six and eight years. So let's say seven. Yeah. So at this point, she did her best to, like... Stay low, lay low, not be really making any not noise. Not be in the scene. Yeah. Um, you know, because being sent off to starve on an island, just like her mother and grandmother both did, really put the fear of gods in her. Yeah, I wouldn't blame her. But she was a celebrity, so obviously at some times she really couldn't avoid that spotlight that would be put on her. And that pissed off the current empress. Um, that people loved Agrippina and Nero. and Way she... more than the empress, too. So that was... That was just not... Yeah, I hate that trope of, like, two women hating each other because of jealousy, but... I don't think it's jealousy. I more think that uh, the Empress at the time is just nervous that Agrippina is so powerful and is so loved. And I don't think it's jealousy. I think it's fear. Yeah. Well, the Empress's name was Messalina, and girl was a hot fucking Messalina. Messalina. Oh, to be honest, (laughs) she was a mess. Quick side note. Get ready to be confused about this family tree. <laughs> um, Messalina and Agrippina were each other's aunts. How the fuck does that happen? Okay. You remember Agrippina's first husband, Domitia, Domitius. Yes. He had two sisters, Domitia and Domitia. Um, the younger Domitia was Messalina's mom. So that, okay, so that makes... So Agrippina is her aunt. aunt. Okay. But now Messalina is married to Claudius. Uh Uh-huh. So that makes, that makes Messalina Agrippina's aunt. What? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so confused. I know. Unfortunately, um, her sister Lavilla, her only living sibling left got sent right the fuck back to Starvation Island. Yay, boo. Uh, so, yeah, where once she had five siblings, she now is the only one standing. They'd all, all but one of them, either been assassinated or starved to death. Or so she's definitely murdered. getting the message of lay the fuck low. Yeah, Like, don't Lay make low, Agrippina. <laughs> Think low. <laughs> So, hobby number two made Nero his heir. And Aggie was like, hey, you don't have any kids. Why don't you make my kid, Nero, your heir? And I'm sure Claudius probably told him to do it, too. Yeah. And again, this guy's just like, what the emperor wants, I do. Yeah. Smart move. I do not want to get sent to starve on an island. You got it, buddy. Woohoo. What do I know? Sure, I'll make this guy my heir. And so the storytellers make this out to be kind of hubby number two's undoing. And maybe it was. Um, The two were married for about seven years, but the story goes that right after he made Nero his heir, Agrippina poisoned him. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe she did. But also... There is 0.0.0% proof that that happens. And it kind of annoys me that everyone just assumes that maybe he just died because they didn't have penicillin, you know? Yeah, I agree. Like, there were a lot of people that just assumed that she poisoned him at this point. And I don't necessarily agree with it. Maybe she did. 
Maybe she did. I'm not going to put it past her, but I really don't think so in this circumstance that she did. Yeah, Spoiler and she alert. she had a nice <laughs> husband with a good reputation. So, yeah. like, why... Why get she, rid of that? I, without spoiling when it comes up next in the story, she did not know how what was going to happen next. Who she's going to marry next. She so could why marry would she, some crazy. So why would she off her nice husband... And chance getting married like the next day to some psychopath, you know? Doesn't make sense. I don't know. Maybe she maybe she did murder him for his estate, but I'm not convinced, is what I'm getting at. Yeah. So a few years later, Emperor Claudius is holding something called the Secular Games. What are the secular gla- games? So I'm glad you asked. It's a <laughs> three day long festival with uh, you know, sacrifices. Woo! Uh plays, Woo! sports. Sports. Just all the Romany, Romy, Romass shit, McRomerson stuff. Romany, Rome, Rome, Rome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it was supposed to be like every 100 years, but Claudius was like, uh, it hasn't been quite 100 years, but the morale here in Rome is kind of shitty. Could really use a facelift. Yeah, we need to, we need to pump. Pump the jam. Pump, pump it, it up. up. <laughs> Why wow, your sandals stomping? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he was like, hey, Rome has been a thing for 800 years. How about we have another secular games? To celebrate the 800 years, because that is a completely normal milestone. And everyone else is like, Fuck you! Secular games! I'm just imagining there's like, ripping off their toga and their chest is painted. Yes, Nero. Well, Nero was a kid. Claudius! Claudius! (laughs) Secular games! So Aggie and Nero end up making an appearance, and the crowd loses their shit. They probably have Everyone Aggie. Everyone in the <laughs> crowd going ape shit. <laughs> so they're like, oh my fucking gods. <laughs> it is the daughter of Germanicus and Germanicus' grandson, and they're here. I cannot believe they're here. Oh my god. And the thing was, is Messy Messalina. Did and, not like this. Yeah, her son and her Britannicus were there, and... People really didn't even notice that they were there. I mean, I'm sure the sources are a bit exaggerated because it was the emperor's actual, like, biological son. I'm sure people were excited to see Messalina and the emperor's heir, but just Aggie and Nero got such a bigger... They overshadowed them. Yes, they They perfect, perfect. People noticed, like, after that, like, Agrippina and Messalina, like... Didn't even say hi to each other. Nope. Like, you they... You knew Messalina was like, this bitch has got to go. Awkward. Yes. So what happens that night or sometime a little bit after the games? Messalina sent some assassins to, like, off little Nero. Nero was 12. So the story goes that some assassins snuck up into Nero's room while he was taking his little nappy nap. And a snake, like, pops out from under his pillow. Or, like, his bed or some shit like that. And the assassins took it as an omen because, oh my fucking god, Romans are so obsessed with omens. Yeah. And they take it very seriously. And so they took the fuck off, leaving the preteen Nero uh, very likely confused and freaked out. Yeah, like, why the hell did you just run into my room and scream and leave? The Um, snake, quote-unquote snake, that was almost definitely just like a snake skin that Nero had. Because, you know... Little boys are weird, and that seems like the kind of thing a little boy would be like, cool, snakeskin. Yeah. Gonna put this under my pillow or what the fuck ever, yeah, you know. just a little boy. But the, but Aggie actually took that snakeskin and then had it plated in gold and made it into a bracelet that Nero wore for the rest of his life, basically. Yeah, yeah. and so they 
They took that omen and ran with it. Nero used that as like a symbol for a really long time. Um, in the end, and maybe we'll cover Messalina's life one day. We don't have time to go into the details. Because she's messy. <laughs> Messalina, in the end, was not a very smart person. No, she did some pretty dumbass shit. Like, it was no... Like, the best known thing in history about Messalina is that she was promiscuous. Mm-hmm. Do I think those stories are exaggerated? Yes. Yes. She definitely had lovers, and then while Claudius was out of town, she tried to marry one of them. Dumbass move, bitch. Like, sorry. That's that's going to get you killed. Um, it did. Long story short, <laughs> that's where we're getting to. Long story short, she did. So guess who's single and ready to mingle now? Claudius. He's getting on Christian mingle right now. Well. Oh, they weren't Christian. No. <laughs> You're like, no. Um, Claudius actually was like, I think I'm just going to be a bachelor. But the Romans were like, no, an emperor needs an empress. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? No. No. I mean, if you look at any time in history, really, there's not a whole lot of bachelor no. and single. The, I moment, mean, the moment you're single, they're like, okay, so who's your wife now? Yeah. So, like, right away, right away, different political factions started popping up suggesting new wives for Claudius. Yeah, and out of all the women suggested, that one of them was one of Claudius's previous wives. So, like, hey, hey. <laughs> Y'all have already been married, so. Another one was actually one of Caligula's previous wives. And that's horrible, too. <laughs> um, and the third one was Agrippina. So, you can get grossed out, because I would be grossed out having to marry my uncle. Um, um, and so were the people of Rome. Oh. They were all like, well, no. Like, <laughs> marrying your cousin, yeah, sure, all for it. Marrying your biological niece? Eh. No, no, eh. no. So, Agrippina was nominated by this freed man named Pallas. And freed man basically sounds like what it the word is it was yeah. a guy that was freed a man that was freed um it's actually kind of cool that claudius had um several freedmen advisors all throughout his emperorship <laughs> emperoring yeah but um <laughs> so that's pretty cool um Pallas and agrippina may have been sleeping together or they may just have had like an alliance like i scratch your back it's so much sexier if they're boning yeah it again for the lifetime miniseries it's much better if they're boning so this was a little bit of a controversial idea at first it was a hugely controversial idea so a lot of people ended up seeing it as like an idea that made sense I get really but, annoyed like in history and a lot of the sources they're like and so she seduced her uncle. No. No. She was like the way that her name was brought up was like the least sexy like in the Senate they bring up like you should marry wives. your niece. Like she wasn't even like a part of it. Um it paints this picture basically of her getting Claudius drunk and taking advantage of him, but no. That that it yeah. no. She didn't use sex to marry Claudius. She had connections. She used her connections. She used her brain. She used psychology. She knew that Claudius was nervous about her being a single woman. Mm -hmm. Because whoever she married would possibly have claims to the throne. Mm -hmm. 
either through her or through they could adopt Nero and claim it through Nero. So if she's married to Claudius, he doesn't have to worry about that. So it made sense to him at this point to end this feud between the two houses of the Julio-Claudian dynasty. Absolutely. Because they've been fighting ever since Tiberius and Agrippina's mom, the elder, you know, hashed it out. Yeah, so it would have been also a sign of, like, the Empire trying to heal itself, trying to work together. And, I mean, I guess if she had to be married to someone... Yeah. She's married to Claudia. You know where she's sleeping at night. Yeah. And also, she was still... Like, we cannot stress enough how popular she was just because she was the daughter of Germanicus, one of the only two surviving descendants of Augustus. Mm-hmm. Everyone still felt super bad about her getting sent off to Exile Island. And then she has her little baby Nero, who could possibly be the next heir. So, yeah. You know, people start to go, okay. Okay, let us think about it. So, one tiny problem was the public was, like, really super grossed out by this, and I don't blame them. And there was a law against it as well. Yeah, that's that's a huge thing. And Claudius really had his mind made up at this point already. Yeah. Yeah. So, Claudius goes to Sin and is like, okay, guys, look, I know this is against the law right now to marry your niece, but... That's just because you say so. You totally have the power to change this. Exactly. And the Senate got together to hash it out. And according to uh, the writer Tacitus, the Senate was debating, and there's this famous quote that comes from this that says, custom adapts itself to expediency. Hmm. Which basically means, like, the customs are going to adapt to whatever we want them to, whatever's convenient for us. So So if it's convenient for us to change this rule and make a new custom, let's just fucking do it. So it may not be cool now, but if you change it, then eventually it will become cool. Exactly. And it will become okay. Exactly. But Tessa said it way better. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds way cooler with custom adapts itself to expediency, not like, hey guys, let's just be cool, and eventually everything will be cool. Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. So in the end, the Senate overturned the law and made it legal to marry your brother's daughter. And that was, like, that's the way it was worded. It didn't say your niece. It was your brother's daughter. So I guess Uh, if it was your sister's daughter, it was still... Bag of dicks. I don't fucking know. So anyway, thank God this didn't actually become a normal thing in Roman society. I mean, I I feel like there was maybe like a couple more uncle-niece marriages, but it didn't become like the in vogue thing all of a sudden. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. They were married. uh, Thank the gods. Thank the gods. So they were married on 49 AD on New Year's Day, which... I guess we can be excited about marrying Yay! Yay, I'm married Happy by... New Year? Happy niece year. Uh, niece year. <laughs> it's the year of the niece. Uh, so, the role of the empress at this point wasn't really an important one, or it was kind of like drug through the dirt at this point. Yes, Augustus's wife had been like super powerful and important and a huge asset to Augustus. Mm-hmm. But like after that... You and, know. Then, and then you had Tiberius that didn't have a wife, and we already discussed how horrible his fucking reputation was throughout all this. Maybe that's why it was so important. They were like, no Caligula, you can't, I'm sorry, no Claudius, you can't be Single. a bachelor look at Tiberius. Ah. Maybe that's why. And then Caligula burned through wives like nobody's business, and then when one finally stuck, he fucking killed her. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, the people killed her, but whatever. But she did. 
And then Claudius's last wife was an absolute shit show. Again, you know what? Go listen to, um, there's this podcast called The Other Half by this guy, Jamie, that used to have a podcast called The Queens of England. Go listen to his episodes on Messalina because we don't have time to get into it. It's a shit show. Have you listened? Welcome back. Um, (laughs) So Aggie has all these other wives that are fucking shitty that her predecessors. So the only way to go is up for her. (laughs) And Aggie is a thousand percent like I'm going to bring respect back to this role. Put some respect on my check. Is what she said. So, first order of business, it's time to clean fucking house. Okay, this really doesn't help with her bad reputation. No, it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, yes. So, firstly, she wanted to make sure her son Nero was eventually going to be married to Claudius' daughter, Claudia Octavia. But Claudia Octavia was already engaged. Claudia Octavia was ten years old. What? Vomit. So, Claudius was betrothed to this guy named Salinas. Um, so, Agrippina accused, long story short, huge, um, you know, abridging of this. Agrippina accused him of sleeping with his sister, um, pretty rich, coming from a lady married to her uncle. Oh, right. <laughs> and Salinas was dumped as a fiancé, and his sister was exiled and Salinas killed himself on the day that Agrippina and Claudius got married. But <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a lot to digest just in and of itself. Why is this not a Lifetime series? <laughs> oh, it you're sleeping, like, you're sleeping could, with my sister, but I'm sleeping with my uncle, and oh, we're going to dump each other. And, and also, I maybe slept with my brother back then, too. But, like, yeah, no. Actually, I guess this couldn't be a Lifetime series, because they, they got to keep things pretty PG-13 there. And I guess yeah, this needs true. to be Showtime. Yeah, this Showtime, showtime series. Time. But anyway, guess who's the fucking um, getting married? Yeah. Nero. So now Nero has a fiance. Again, he's 13 and his bride to be is 10. So gross, gross, gross. Well, at least they're like, it's not like some 40 year old dude with a 10 year old girl. That is. So let's, let's, let's get. Let's look at those silver linings. (laughs) So after the wedding, um, she knew there was more house cleaning to do. And she looked around and she saw her sister-in-law. So you remember Aggie's first husband, Demidius? The two sisters that we were talking about earlier, the elder and the younger. Neither of the former sister-in-laws loved her. The younger, again, we already explained that she is the mother of the last empress because... Like, (laughs) this... it Just don't think about it too much. Um, Agrippina got word that her ex-sister-in-law was bitter at her for, like... Dear God, so many reasons. Yeah, I mean, you killed my daughter. I mean, well, Agrippina didn't kill her daughter, but she took her daughter's place, and um, you took my sister's husband. Just this, fa- these two families had bad blood ever since they. So they got bad blood. That was very pretty. That, that's that my a- Taylor Swift. So Agrippina actually accused them of practicing black magic against Claudius and her because she's a witch. She's a witch. You know, that's a little creative. At least it, it wasn't incest. Everyone else is like incest and adultery and like... Yeah, she got black magic in there. She, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Witchy woman, you are gonna die. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so she's... Um, we have, again, grand oversweep of like 
all the people she had kilt in that house cleaning adventure. <laughs> Quote unquote house cleaning. House cleaning. <laughs> so whatever she's doing at this point, she's doing it fucking right. Because the years following after their marriage, she was given the title of Augusta. Which is... Like, hold on to your fucking togas, guy. Yes, it's like <laughs> this is a huge deal. The only other people given the title of Augusta, because um, so Augustus is like the title of the emperor. Yes, and Augusta, and it's kind of like um, it's not quite. You're not quite a god, but you're not quite you're not a god real either. Close. Like, it's the only respectable way to call like. Someone who was a factual person, like a deity, basically. Yeah, and there were only two other women that actually earned it before One her. was Tiberius's mom. And the other was Augustus's first wife, right? No, because no, cause Tiberius's mom was Augustus's wife. Okay. The other was someone else. Oh, no, it was Antonia. Oh, yes, you're Caligula's right. Caligula's grandma. Yes, and, and um, they were all dead whenever they got this title. She was the only person to get this title while still alive. That's a and huge fucking deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, her mother would have been so proud of her. I think she would have been like, but but who But did wait, you, who are you married to? And she you? and her and she'd be like, Mom, don't focus on that. Don't focus don't on that. Her. I'm Augusta and I'm still alive. You would love this shit. Eat it up, bitch. So she's basically co ruler. They had coins minted with both her and Claudius on the front side. And we kind of talked about this in our Cleopatra episode of it, that meaning like they're equals. Yeah. Well, we also, in the in Agrippina the Younger's last episode, we talked about how um, her brother mm-hmm. put all of his sisters on the back side of his coin, and they were the only Roman women that were living to ever be featured on a coin. But they were put on the back side, so it was just like... A sign of respect, but not necessarily like you need Equals. to. Yeah. Yes. So she has now been one of the only living women to be on a coin twice. But this time she's on the front, which means she is. And they would even sometimes have like their faces overlapping. So uh, it's sort of like, where does Claudius end? Where does Agrippina begin? That makes sense. Yeah. And that so sense. that's really cool. Um, let's go over, like, a short list of some other unprecedented things Agrippina did. So, Aggie's throne was actually the same size as Claudius's thrones, and the uh, Romans were very all into how things appeared and the optics and everything. Symbolicism. Like, how did this look? Symbolism. What is this? Symbolicism? Symbolism? Symbolism? <laughs> Y'all, I'm on cold medicine. <laughs> Symbolicism. Symbolicism. So, the symbolicism was that <laughs> the thrones are the same size. So they had the same size dicks. And Oh my god. <laughs> so they had the same size dicks. Yes, Agrippina was had rocking a really a dick. big dick. Just FYI. <laughs> um so when people were presented to the emperor, they they would have to like give like this oath of praise to the yeah. emperor. And then they would have to then just move one throne over and give the same praise. That's a big deal. To Agrippina. That was a huge deal because before they would just like Give their praise to the emperor and then just kind of walk by and like do like a little wave at the empress. Like, hey girl. Love you. Respect to you too. But they would have to like verbalize it. And so that was different. So she was also given the power to elect really powerful people. So she got appointed to get people in the head of the Praetorian Guard. 
And the Praetorian Guard is basically like the King's Guard, the Emperor's bodyguards. You know, I will always love you. So if she got to choose the boss of the Praetorian Guard, Claudius must have like 200% trusted her. Absolutely. And sometimes she would actually dress in a war, like a warrior at dinners and like functions and stuff like that. I think it was to remind people, um, daughter of Germanicus over here, warrior master. So it's in my blood. So y'all better trust me. Get over it. And maybe at this point, she is. It's quite possible that she started to take like poisons to get like immune to like it. just enough poison that it wouldn't actually hurt her, but that she would build up an immunity because she is well aware of where she is. Yeah, she's in Rome, and everybody gets poisoned and murdered. Yes. So there's also a story about how um, the city that she was born from, uh, the city of Cologne. It wasn't really called that yet, but she... I went, think this is a pretty cool story. She went to Claudius and was like, hey, we need to make the city of my birth a client city. And a client state is pretty much the same thing like what we talked about in our Boudicca episode. Remember whenever... And if you haven't listened to our Boudicca episode, you should because uh, it's cool. Um, Boudicca's cool. Um... But there was a part in that episode where they caught the Romans unaware at their, basically, retirement home city. And they cut their boobies off and put them in their mouth. They cut all the women's (laughs) boobies off and sewed them to their mouths. Wait! So anyway, um, she wants to build, like, a retirement city for, like, Roman soldiers to be able to go... And it's unclear if that means, like, retirement, like, just to rest in between warring, or if it means, like, old Romans go there. Like, it's their Florida. Um, It's their Florida. Just, like, (laughs) minus the boob chopping and sewing. (laughs) Um, So Agrippina is the patron of this client state, and it was given the name of (coughs) Colonia Claudia Ara Agrippinesis, or Agrippinesium. Um, that's a mouthful. Thank God they just call it Cologne now. But that's where, that's, <laughs> that's where that major city in Germany gets its name. It's just called Cologne now. But the troops saw this as, oh my God, the Empress is petitioning for us to have a retirement community. So that's a, like, for them, they're like, oh, she cares about us. Yes. And I mean, she's already the daughter of Germanicus, so they already love her. But like, on top of that, they're like, look at her looking out for us. Because yeah. other Empresses... Hadn't necessarily given two shits about the troops, you know? Exactly. And so she's super fucking well-respected at this time. I mean, it's the same way here in America now. Get the troops on your side. And so this is where the sources start to say that Agrippina was really secretly running the show. And then Claudius was just pussy-whipped by her. Basically. Um, Yeah. But I feel, again... It's an exaggeration. It's total exaggeration. I mean, Claudius was getting old. And he definitely gave Agrippina anything she wanted. Everything she wanted was in Rome's best interest. Yeah, it hate, wasn't like she was asking for her own sex island or whatever, you know? No, like, she was asking things that were would mean something to the Roman people. And I mean, as far as policy goes, not so much with, like, the assassinations or suicide <laughs> or whatever. Dead people. <laughs> like, she was pretty good for Rome. Like, again, she wasn't like Messalina that was so kind of frivolous and, like running off marrying people. If Agrippina had affairs at this point, which she probably did, because Rome, but it wasn't, she wasn't rubbing them in anybody's face. She was 
careful about that yeah, shit. Yeah, and this was the time when they started to call, just like her mother, they started to call her masculine. Like, oh, she's got this masculine ambition. It's like, bitch. And which is up. so fucked up because it's only because she is interested in politics. Yeah. If, like, so they hated masculine. they hated her predecessor, Messalina, but her flaws were feminine flaws, um, which bag of dicks means, um, oh, you just can't control your libido and you have to have a dick in you all the time. I just rolled my eyes really hard in her, the back his, of my head. His <laughs> eyes rolled so hard, I'm pretty sure he saw his brain. But her thing was all about like wanting to run the government, so they were like, well, that's masculine and that's unnatural. Bullshit! I, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit, I'm sorry. So anyway, her son Nero now is made heir. Well, co-heir. Touché. Uh, so, in 50 AD, Agrippina convinced Claudius to adopt Nero and make him his quote-unquote co-heir. Can... Okay. Because Nero had already been adopted by Passianus. Mm-hmm. This is Rome, Katie. Remember? Yeah, okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. They all adopt each other. Whatever. Move on. <laughs> okay, this was already unexpected because Claudius already had a son, and that was his supposedly going to be his heir. But... Logic would dictate. Yeah, Nero was a little few years older than Britannicus, and, you know, Agrippina went to Claudius and was like, look, let's be real, you're pretty old, um, you're gonna die here in a little bit. He was... Shadowing. He was... (laughs) I mean, he was 60 in Rome, that was pretty old. Yeah, that's pretty old. And Nero would be a lot older if he were emperor he would be closer to adulthood so he would be a better fit to be the emperor and he was like also probably like remember the secular games and how excited the people got to see him like it would be a morale booster Mm -hmm. and claudius was kind of like you're so right but i can't just a hundred percent pass up my own son like that yeah that's kind of a burn and he was like so let's make them co-heirs and then they can rule jointly after me and then aggie's like okay sure because claudius was apparently a big dumb dumb dummy and he didn't realize he's in ancient rome and he totally just set his son up to get like super duper assassinated spoiler alert spoiler alert (laughs) so everything's coming up nero so at this point in her life Aggie's numero uno priority is making Nero the next emperor. In 51 AD, he starts wearing his toga toga virilis, which is basically like little boys wore one kind of toga and men wore a different kind of toga. So this was very symbolism. Oh, shut symbolism. up. Suck my dick, Nathan. <laughs> this was hugely symbolic <laughs> for Roman boys. Again, the optics for Rome is huge. And so it's like, you usually had to be 16 to get your man toga. Um, and he was only 14. So they were like making exceptions for him. And they also like pre-elected him to council. And agreed that he could start being on council at 20, not 25, just like they did for his grandfather. Yeah, and then that's when he's 16 years old and marries Claudia Octavia. His first cousin once removed. Don't think about it! Don't think about it too much! So now he's heir and married to his cousin, um, the emperor's daughter. So now he's heir and also married to the emperor's daughter, so it's like... 
He's got two ends. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going in. He's going in. <laughs> so Agrippina feels confident she's done everything she can do to make sure he's the next emperor. So Claudius, you know, at this point, soured on Aggie. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know either and started, like, talking shit on her, you know, about making Nero his heir. Um, yeah, like, for, I, I don't. I couldn't find anything to tell me why. Me neither. But, yeah, just Claudius kind of starts being like... I regret Regret, this. like, why did I... I think it was more about his son than anything. Like, why did I, I pass I up my son? I think he felt bad for... Why, his son probably gave him grief about it. Yeah. Like, why did I marry Nero to my daughter? Why did I pass up my son? Why did I make... Give Agrippina so much power? People are calling me pussy-whipped. And um, he may have actually started publicly mentioning that he made a bad choice whenever he did this. And Agrippina is basically like, nope, nope, whole lot of nope, nope, not having this, not one bit. So on October thirteenth, fifty four A.D., Aggie decides that she can't take any more chances, girl. We've already mentioned that she may have been taking small portions of poison every day to build up her tolerance. So. She probably knew a thing or two about poison. And you can probably look up this information about the types of poisons and the methods. And the We're not going to dive into it. But what had happened was she put poison in his fucking mushrooms, which I love mushrooms. I know. Oh. I'd be so disappointed if it was mushrooms that did me in. But I would be Portobello. so happy. If they were tasty, I would be happy with it. Well, <laughs> I didn't kill him immediately. Like, it got him sick. And so the doctor rushed in. And back then... They would often make themselves throw up on purpose anyway, and Which they had makes sense. they had sense. they had feathers to make themselves gag with. So the doctor stuck his his barf feather in his mouth down his throat, but the barf feather had also been dipped in poison. How conniving! And that's what did him in his poison barf feather band name. I call it <laughs> poison barf feather. Yep. Oh. So this is the end of Claudius. <laughs> he <And> did. <laughs> this makes Nero emperor. Guess who has been waiting for this day her entire life? Agrippina. She is now um, dowager empress. But now she's got her little 16-year-old son on the throne who is like green as green can be, wet behind the ears, and she's like, now I really get power. So everything lives happily ever after, right, Katie? Well, I guess we'll find out next time. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too. And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks for listening. Bitches. Cheers, bitches. Hello, everyone. Stakuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. 
join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.